You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Today, I'm talking case management systems with Adam Bullion, General Manager of Marketing at Practice Evolve. Thank you very much indeed for joining the podcast, Adam. Good morning, David. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. Case management systems covers a multitude of sins, so hopefully you'll be able to enlighten us a little bit today. First question from me, very straightforward. Who are you? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Practice Evolve. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about me and and a little bit about Practice Evolve as well. Um, Yeah, Adam Bullion, General Manager of Marketing. So I look after the marketing team at Practice Evolve. My background really stems from in the legal industry, um, from working for a number of providers in the market. I worked for InfoTrack for a number of years, so some listeners may may know me from from my InfoTrack days. And I moved to Practice Evolve in 2020. Part of my reason for moving over to Practice Evolve was because I think there's a real sort of opportunity for a case management provider to really step up um, and provide this market with what they they actually need. Um, From a Practice Evolve point of view, Practice Evolve has actually been around for quite a long time. Um, It was established in 2003 in Ireland by David Boland, who is our CEO. and they, they 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 grew a base in Ireland before moving to Australia in 2008 2009, um, where they subsequently grew a base in Australia as well. And in 2018, they then started an operation in the UK market. Um, so it means that we've got offices um, in Ireland, Australia, and the UK. In 2020, we acquired both Line Time and SOS, which many listeners will already be um, aware of. Now that that means that we've got 200 staff addressing client challenges and addressing client needs at all times. You know, it's a really, um, it's a very passionate team. They want to do the right thing. They want to build great software for the market. And, you know, we've been doing quite a lot of research into the market recently um, to really tell us what challenges law firms face. So, so we have some really good insights into what's actually required. It's interesting to hear you say that you feel case management providers need to step up. What do you mean by that? And what does your research show that that law firms are really looking for? Yeah, so the the research um, has told us that really law firms have got probably four key sort of priorities in in the coming years. Um, And I'll, I'll tell you what they are. So first one, improving internal systems and workflows, integrating existing and new technology, a much more focus on the client service and experience, which I think has uh, been probably a focus for about a year, two years now. And also the retention of key people. And all of those are kind of interoperable, if you like. So, you know, they go hand in hand with each other. Um, But certainly they're all geared towards being more productive or getting users to be more productive so as the law firm is much, much more efficient. Productivity is an interesting concept because I think about my own technology use, my smartphone, for example, I probably use about 10% of my smartphone's functionality. Is that the same with case management? Are people simply not getting the most out of it? 
So yes, our research definitely shows that you know law firms are using maybe less than 40% of the actual software that they've got in place. Um, that's not uncommon and it's not uncommon in the B2B market at all. You know, I think any software, um, it, it's just not used or fully utilized as much as it possibly could be. Now, I would say that a lot of that comes down to the user's understanding of the actual software itself. They use it for the tasks that they run every single day, but it means that they're not aware of everything that's available in the software. Now, the research interestingly also tells us that law firms believe that if users are enabled with better information and better training, for example, from the case management provider, then users will find new and innovative ways of actually working within the software. Um, and ultimately, what that means is they'll find better ways of doing things so they'll be more productive okay um, and certainly for practice evolve we recognize this we we understand one of our key pillars is user competency because we believe that the users can be a lot more competent in the software if they're given the right tools you know historically it's been a case of case management providers, they provide an initial amount of training that costs the law firm a, 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 an amount of money and then they leave the users to it and, they, and the users don't have the resources to access to actually find out how to do something. So they just do it the same old way. And if you've got one lawyer doing a task one way, they'll pass that down through the chain of different users. So, it, you know, and if you get new people join the firm, they're just going to follow that same way. So it's part of why we've introduced um, what we're calling Evolved Learning, which is a series of bite-sized videos, like five minutes per video. But it's essentially, it's a course, how to use Practice Evolve, how to use SOS, how to use Line Time. Um, and, and they're just a series of videos. So it's giving users much, much more resource to actually access and build their own knowledge. Okay. At the same time, they've got access to user guides and manuals within Evolve Community, which is where Evolve Learning is, is housed. Um, but, you know, it, it fundamentally, we have to take responsibility to to help law firms get much, much more out of um, out of the software that they're using. Is there an age divide? Do you find that younger users are more engaged in understanding the software? I think that's probably natural. I mean, I, I don't have any stats and fat, hard facts on that, but I, I think, you know, it is natural if you've been doing something a long time, then you're you're going to do it this, the, that way at all times. Um, but I don't believe that um, I don't believe in that old saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I I think that does lots of people a disservice. Um, and I think actually a lot of people want to find a better way of working, want to find a, a, a much easier solution to get things done and 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 be productive during the day. Because you know uh, the retention of talent, for example, plays really nicely into user competency. If if we in our roles, if we feel we're learning every day, we're actually happier in our roles. You know, taking taking wages and anything like that out of that that sort of question. If we're not learning, if we if we've got to where we we think we need to be, then we generally want to move on. Whereas if you can kind of be the hero, if you like, and learn something new uh, every day, then then you, you're always learning and you, you're happier in yourself and in what you do.
It's interesting that the recruitment angle has come up in, in a number of conversations I've had on the podcast because increasingly conveyancing firms are using technology as a as a recruitment tool. I'm going to challenge you around a, I don't know whether it's a misconception or not, that case management has historically been very slow to provide integrations, interoperability between technology. Is that a misconception? Is that right? Uh, and, and if it's right, is that changing? I think you're absolutely right. I think historically case management systems haven't connected up different softwares for the benefit of the clients. Um, now, have you got have you got Alexa at home or a, a, a Google? I have. Yes, yeah, so I think I have about four or five different things. Yep, yep. So um, I, now I have Alexa at home. Um, we've got Sonos, and we've actually got some electric blinds in in the in the back room as well because I didn't want hanging cords in there. Um, now I'm not showing off, but my point is we are all very used now to to asking Alexa questions or asking Google questions. So I can move from my music being played in the office during the day when I'm working to moving downstairs and I can just ask Alexa to move the music. I don't have to go and switch off a machine and turn another one on in the same way that I can ask Alexa to close the blinds of an evening, you know, without me having to, you know, go up and actually do it myself. So if I'm out of the home, everything's now much more integrated and um, everything's, it just makes life a lot easier generally. And I, you know, some people will say that's lazy. I would say it's actually just really clever because it allows us to turn the lights on when we're not home and close the blinds. So it makes us look like we're home, which is fundamentally important. Um, so I think we're all used to technology integrating and working together now. And why should it be any different in, in, in the world of legal, in our B2B software? But you're absolutely right. I do think that, um, you know, integrations of different software hasn't been where it should be. I think that's changing. Certainly we're changing that. We're, we're trying to connect different softwares together. And again, to my pillars, I talked about user competency earlier, but you know, we, another one of our pillars is about connectivity of software. We know from our research that only 5% of respondents said that their technology integrations were seamless. Well, if they're not seamless, then they're not really working for the law firm. They're not going to have that fundamental, um, or make that fundamental difference to their efficiency requirements because they're going to have to be dipping in and out of it. But we do recognize that if we're integrating technologies together, then it does reduce human error. Um, which means that you don't have to go back to correct things. And fundamentally, that makes a massive difference at the end of it, because it means that the case can move from beginning to end a lot quicker, a lot smarter. And that just means that the law firm is much more profitable at the end of the day. Is the reason historically because there was a commercial benefit in integration? And, and again, uh, is that something that, that case management systems are responding to feedback around? Without doubt, commercial benefits come into this. Yes, of course they. Of course they do. Um, uh, you know, I'd be lying if if I said they didn't. But at the same time, if you only focus on the commercial benefits, then you're doing it wrong. 
um, it's got to be focused on why why would we do this why would we connect software together what is the benefit to the client using the software and that's fundamentally important and if you can concentrate on that as we are then the profitability side of things will come along and the commercial will take care of itself I think what's probably prevented some systems performing the integrations is actually more a competitive street than it is commercial. Some case management systems have probably tried to build software for the market that others can provide. We know we're a business to business provider. We're never going to build a consumer product. But some case management providers have probably tried to build too much consumer facing software rather than actually what is the right thing to do the right thing to do is to find a provider who can do that perfectly and it's their only role and then integrate it into the actual software itself so we don't concentrate on the commercial benefit from the beginning we focus on what is the right thing to do for the client i'm going to move on and talk about consolidation in the case management space because there's a lot of that happening there used to be a a larger number of case and practice management providers than there are today You've already outlined that you've acquired Liontine and SOS. So dare I say you're one of the protagonists of this consolidation. What are you learning about the different case management systems that are out there and and what clients want from them? Look, I think what I've learned and one of the reasons why I came over to Practice Evolve is because I, I see an opportunity uh, for, to, to really, for, for law firms really to take advantage of better software in the marketplace. Um, and when I say better software, I, I mean the software itself, but also the service that is is offered with the with the provi- provision of the software itself. You're right. There has been a lot of consolidation. Indeed, we've we've acquired Line Time and SOS. Um, they will continue to be supported. We're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere at all. But what one thing I've learned about the different softwares is they generally offer the same thing. They generally the features and functions remain the same. They may act in a slightly different way, um, but generally they are the same. Now, we've acquired Line Time and SOS more for the benefit of our client base. I've talked about connectivity and I've talked about user competency, but another one of our strands and our pillars, key pillars, is very much around cloud and con- continuity. We are building a uh, product s- specifically for the cloud. Um, and that, that'll be uh, coming out over the next couple of years. It's not going to be mature immediately, but it will be quickly matured over time. Because for us, what law firms need is to know that they've got a secure future. They need to know that actually, you know, they've got somewhere to go in terms of cloud technology for the future. But they also need to know that they're backed by a service. Um, and I think that too few case management providers out there have been clear enough or even been able to offer that secure future for law firms. And that's probably more why we've acquired SOS and line time. It's not necessarily a commercial decision to acquire them. It's actually by, it's actually acquiring those to be able to provide their clients with a really secure long term future that's backed by a great service and backed by being able to uh, ensure that their users are using more of the software. There's an assumption in that that 
cloud is is the direction of travel that firms should take is is that your view or is does on-premise still have a, a place yeah on-prem still definitely has a place um our, our research demonstrates that 60 percent actually 67 percent of of firms have, have are really on their journey towards adopting cloud um and just that alone tells me that law firms are looking for cloud in the long term um at the same time 60% of businesses, so outside of law firms, just every businesses everywhere have adopted or are on their journey towards adopting cloud technology. I don't think on-premise is going anywhere soon. I, th I think, it, and that's why we will continue to support SOS, line time and practice evolve on on-prem solutions. Um, however, there will be a point at which people will need to make a, a move to the cloud. Um, don't ask me when that is because I don't know it could be 2030 it could even be 2040 you know but it's in years to come um and the the real you know I, I there's probably some listeners to, to to this podcast who are thinking well I'm never going to move to the cloud but think of it this way you buy a new car and you buy a classic car which one is going to cost you more for the parts it's going to be the classic car right because there's less parts made available to them. The newer car, they're mass produced parts, so it's always cheaper to buy it, to have a new car and maintain a newer car. And that's essentially going to be the same for on-prem servers versus cloud, because cloud is mass produced, on-prem will be, you know, slightly less. So if you want to add, um, I don't know, two gig space for example to your on-prem it's going to cost you more than it is by flipping a simple switch by using cloud so yes i do think cloud is the absolute future do i think it's the immediate future not for everyone um we have a lot of clients coming to us asking us you know for cloud technology and you know we're able to to deliver that but we also have a lot of clients who are not ready who have just invested heavily into servers so they don't want to move to cloud and that's okay so there is still a place for on-prem um but at the same time I, I i think cloud will be is the future and that's what law firms want they want to know that there there is cloud in the future for them let me ask that in a slightly different way. Is is cloud, it's obviously not a fad, is it? But is cloud just a buzzword? Do people think they want cloud when in fact they're not really sure what they want at all? I think it comes down to business priorities. A lot of firms want to scale. They want to be able to scale. Everyone wants to grow. That's the, the measure of a successful business or a successful law firm. What you don't want as a law firm is to be having to spend a lot of money on slightly somewhat older technology in in the future so i don't think cloud is a buzzword i think it's a much easier route to go it's um it, it allows the law firms to scale and scale quickly you know if you have to change something and i'll go back to that adding gigabyte of of space to to your server it's a lot harder to do that it takes a lot longer to do that through an on-premise solution than it does through cloud for example suddenly if you're hitting the heights and you need to add add two gig three gig four gig whatever you need to add you can just flip a switch so i don't think it's just a buzzword and i think the fact that you know uh, over 60 percent of businesses and 67 percent of law firms are already on their journey to cloud law firms do see the importance of cloud in the future and what's 
preventing firms from moving to the cloud right now? Well, certainly our research shows uh, a couple of different things. So first of all, we asked the question in the research whether people understood the difference between cloud native and cloud hosted, for example. And it's amazing, the majority of respondents didn't know the difference or had some understanding, but not a real clear understanding. And I think this is really crucial. A lot of the decision makers in law firms, they don't understand the terminology that comes with cloud. You know, we've got cloud hosting, cloud native, public cloud, private cloud, data tenancy. Um, and I think public cloud sometimes is, is very much a phrase that confuses people because they think, well, public cloud, anyone can access my data because it's in the public domain. When actually that's not the case, you know, it's a cloud platform that's available or to make data available to users with a set of overlaid security protocols. So I think there's an element of a lack of understanding in terms of what cloud is. There is still a little bit of a hang up around data, um, data security or security of the data. Let's just cover that data security element off. Do you remember that fire that happened in Oxford Council a few years ago, David? Vaguely, yes. Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. It, it shut them down for a, a period of time and no searches were able to be able to carry it out in that area. Um, now, they had all, all of their information was either resided within the council building or within a server that was in there. And that meant that the business was shut down. It's actually a few weeks it was shut down for at the, at the minimum. And I think this is very similar to a cybersecurity uh, attack on anyone. If it's attacked, it's going to close the business down. You're going to lose a lot of work. But with cloud, your data is being updated or backed up regularly, really, really regularly. But it also means that it's accessible from anywhere. It means that if there is a fire, so Oxford Council, if they had actually had um, or were using cloud, they'd have been able to log on anywhere, any, anywhere else to be able to access that data much, much quicker. So actually cloud acts almost as a prevention and a cure. It prevents disasters happening, such as fires or cyber security attacks, because it is so much more secure nowadays. You know, we only use the Azure cloud because it is one of the best alongside AWS. But ultimately, it, it means that if something does go wrong, you can get back up and running very, very quickly. Dare I say, practice of over almost a microcosm of one of the challenges that case management providers have, which is how do you choose? How do you differentiate the offering? How does a law firm who is looking at either investing in or changing their case management provider decide between the the three firms that you have in your family, never mind everyone else that's out there? I think it comes down to one of my answers earlier, really, which is very much um, because case management systems are similar in terms of their features and functions, what happens is law firms kind of have a really difficult decision to make because they know that they can probably all deliver against their challenges. Um, so which one do you go for? You know, it's almost, you know, looking at Amazon Music, Spotify and Apple, which one do you go for? Because they all offer the same thing. You can still build your build, um, you know, your music uh, playlists and things like that. And they will have the music available to them. Um, so generally, it comes down to the provider that you prefer. 
And I think law firms have generally gone away and then almost voted on the, which one you want to use, from maybe a usability perspective, um, which is an area that we're winning in in terms of usability for sure. But I do think that there's a lot more. And I do think that law firms need to be asking the questions around, does this software come with a service or is this software just as a service? And that's very much, um, you know, bringing together those three pillars I've talked about of competency, connectivity and cloud and continuity. Crucially, I think, you know, law firms kind of assume that that software is going to go in, they're going to get a little bit of training and away they go. When in reality, the reality is that they need that regular ongoing level of training. They need access to the tools and people to be able to actually use that software better, to be able to make sure that it's connected to the right different the right softwares that make the firm more productive and more efficient. Um, and I think they're the sorts of questions that law firms need to start asking. One of the things that we've we've done recently, I say recently in the last year, is we've introduced the concept of client success. Um, consultants, which are individuals who are assigned to law firms to work with the law firm to be able to provide reports um, in terms of how they're using the software and really engage with the firm and the users and help build uh, their knowledge of what what is available within the system and what they could be doing differently or how they could be working the software in a better way to, to build that productivity and that efficiency. We do um, two training webinars per week across each of the products so across line time and across SOS and across practices evolve um, so that's a hell of a lot of webinars throughout the course of the year um, and they're dipping in and out so you know clients can dip into them and out of them so and I think these are the sorts of questions that law firms need to be asking has this provider got my future in, at, at the heart of their interests, rather than are they going to sell me the software, train me, and then just implement it so as I can get on with using it? They need a longer term. Um, they need a longer term partnership with providers. As I've said, one of the really interesting things to come out of a couple of discussions that I've had is that choosing the right technology has a big impact on recruitment as well. So firms have not only got to look at how it affects their business. They've presumably got to look at cost. They've got to look at time efficiency. They've also got to incorporate how they're going to retain staff into their thinking when it comes to case management. It's a, it's a big decision. We could probably talk about this for most of the rest of the day. Our time is up. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Adam. It's been a delight to have you on. Thank you very much, David. The Today's Conveyance of Podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on today's conveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Adam for joining. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.